0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, my name is Dwayne Pate. I'm one half of the host here. My brother EJ Stewart is a co-host. I want to give a shout out to Jay Pope and Associates, who is the, you know, kind of supporter, sponsor, or help us kind of launch this effort to continue to promote positivity among African-American men. You know, this is just a, a, a platform that we want to celebrate uh, our Black our black men are men of color so that to help define and help share their version of success for their lives we have a great guest on today um he goes by the name of uh christopher his government name is christopher oliver uh but you might know him as jolly be the trainer so i'm going to turn it over to him and let him uh, give a little bit about himself a little bit about his story and we're going to uh, jump in with some questions
1: so yeah check It's your boy jolly be the trainer yes i am baltimore's favorite trainer uh I'm just Chris. If you want to just call me Chris, don't yeah. matter. But um, yeah, man. Um, country boy. I'm from the country, man. I'm from uh, a small town, um, on the I say the, uh, East Mississippi West Alabama, um, line right there from um, Pickens County, Alabama backwoods. I grew up in the country, man. I was raised on a farm or whatnot, uh, down there uh, in uh Alabama, and um, ultimately um, I went from living there to now living here in Baltimore. Uh, but the road that led me here was uh, I'm gonna say a real rocky road. And it's funny how you said it um, earlier that, you know, everybody have a different level of success or, you know, mm. what they would consider, um, cons- I mean, success to be. But me, I think i found the definition of success that pretty much sums it up for everybody. And uh, I get to that in, uh, in, a, in a few seconds or whatnot, but, you know, background-wise, like I said, I grew up in a small town um, and on the East Mississippi West side of Alabama. And, you know, the only way to get out of that situation was to find uh, what we would call a significance. And the significance that I found, um, was was football. And a little town like what I came from or whatnot, you know, I come from one of those towns where, where they breed football mm-hmm. and everything shut down on a Friday night, Friday night lights type situation. And at first I was very uninterested because I, I like baseball, but more so um with me liking baseball, I like to hunt, fish, and and sometimes, you know, Football practice and games was conflicting with what I liked to do. Mm -hmm. But the thing was with me, I I, I was split between two different types of friends. And this is where I found myself um, at an early age. So um, being from Pickensville, I had a set of friends that did everything the opposite of what you would think kids are supposed to do. Then on the flip side, at school, I had a set of friends that did everything that you would expect for your kids to to go to school and and do. So, you know, at home, I had the friends that, you know, chew tobacco, smoke cigarettes, we drink beer, you know, we shoot guns, we ride horses, and we mess with those girls. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, in school, I had uh, another set of friends that were very ambitious, and they wanted to, you know, go to college. They wanted to start families. They wanted to do uh, those type of things, and I was always kind of like stuck in the middle. And I, I was the the merging factor for for both of those friends. And it was basically because I I found myself when I found myself in the middle. I always choose to kind of do my own thing. So if I wanted to hang out with the, with the good old boys, I go hang out with them. If I wanted to hang out with these uh, this group of friends, I go hang out with them. But that group of friends was, was was more educational. And that group of friends were they were educational too, but it was in a sense to, it was in a sense whereas I would ask myself, is this something that you know I want to do? Is this something that I should be doing? You know, and being in the middle, you know, it kind of it kind of set me apart. And now it kind of factors in my life today because I'm still that guy that uses his own mind. And, you know, not only just use my mind, I make my own decisions uh, based off of, you know, my thought process and how I feel about a situation, but being from the country and having those two set of friends that ultimately led me to become this, this, this person. And um, man, I, went to, uh, I ended up going to college and I, I played football at Miles College um, in Birmingham, Alabama. I played there for four years. I graduated with a bachelor's in um, education and I went back and I got my uh master's art already teaching. But I mean, you know, I, I felt like, you know, God had a, a different plan for me, but still in the field of teaching uh, or educating, but just in a different direction. Um I got to Baltimore, I came here in uh, 2012. Um uh I tried out with the Ravens. Uh it was a it was a good thing. It was it was beautiful, then I got injured. So I ultimately end up going back home uh, where, you know, I got back in school and, you know, I went through some some some, some, some hard times in that situation because I was like right there on the cuffs of fulfilling a, a, a destiny that, that I created in my mind and I wanted for myself. But, you know, ultimately God shot me down and said, hey, look, I want you to take this direction and I want you to help people in a different way. I want you to reach success I want you to go pro in life. I'm going to put it like that. And once I got the opportunity to go pro in life, man, that's when the real challenge started. The real challenge. I mean, I'm talking about that challenge where everything that you have ever learned in your life is challenged. Every thought process. The way I look at my family um, now versus growing up or the directions that I took based off of my own thinking ability versus somebody else telling me what they wanted for me. It, it, it all changed and you know that roller coaster ultimately led me to uh where i am now <clears throat> uh the owner of energy transformation studio and Woodline, which is a gym um motivational speaker and just a, a, a community health advocate um you know for the people of, of this community so <clears throat> man it, like i say it was a it was a, a long road you know and i had a lot of ups and downs and ins and outs but for the most part i just continue to 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 press on ultimately to something happen so yeah
2: what, what what was it like growing up in the in the west of alabama on a farm and how how did that translate to who you are today and what parts are still there today because growing up on a farm i know you up early Hard work. I mean, you know, tell us about it. Yeah,
1: man. So it's just basically the work ethic, man. Um, that something that that got instilled in me at an early age. <clears throat> the responsibility it got instilled in me in the early age. I remember I used to tell this story all the time. So um, growing up, like before I went to school, I had to feed, so I had to feed the cows and stuff like that. So you know, a lot of times I would skip school because I would either like get dirty on purpose or I like lose my shoes so my mom she had this system where she would go to work um about 5 a.m or whatnot and i and the bus didn't come to about let's see about like 738 and we lived on a dirt road for a long time like I'm talking about from the age of like i'm gonna say about when I was born to about eight nine i I rode with dirt and sometimes you know the bus would get stuck or if it rained real hard it couldn't come up the road so we had to you know go to the end of the road and stuff like that so it was just it, it was just um it was different man being in the city um for the last like 8 9 years versus me growing up in the country man that lifestyle it just it's just completely different man like you said we had to work like my summers i could be watching the kids down um down the road or whatnot, they playing basketball while I was in the hayfield or everybody go to school on Friday on good friday we had to stay home cuz we had to plant cuz you know you know according to the almanac you know, a lot of people might not know what that is we planted um with the seasons so you know it was, a, it, was it was a lot it was a lot of work man it's just different the whole completely different lifestyle yeah so tell
2: Tell us, man, how you you know, and I, I it's a lot of things you talked about that that really you know, sparked my brain already, you know, the duality of having two sets of friends and two different lives and being in the middle. and then you know, then the athlete part. um so I, I'm all over the place. but you know t- how what was your connection to just say, all right, i'm I'm gonna come to Baltimore. Try for the Ravens. Was it somebody on the team, somebody from Alabama that brought you here? Like,
1: wh- how did you get to balls- Oh <laughs> So, um, I played um arena football. So, one day out of college, you know, I did the uh the single bowl or whatnot, and I was pretty much had hung my cleats up, I was pretty much done with all that the football stuff, and um, I didn't know what my next move was gonna be. I had a friend. Um, RJ Bibbs, he reached out to me. He was like, hey, bro, look, I'm playing arena football for this team called um, the Knoxville Nighthawks or whatnot. And he told me, and I had like less than like a week to get there. And, you know, after talking to my mom, talking to my auntie, I talked to my grandfather, like that's my counselor. I decided, you know what, give it a shot. Just see what it do. Went out there, had a great time man like one of the best times of my life and uh I didn't really understand the system then I just went to play football so you know playing or whatnot we 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 he uh at the end of the season you know I met this guy named Braylon Bennett and he was an agent or whatnot and he was like you know I, I guarantee you you know I can get you a shot you know if you follow this step this step this step this step so I did everything he asked me to do went to South Carolina and trained um at my uncle Ricky's house and then when I got uh when I got the call I was I was invited to come up and you know do a workout and that that's how I got here Yep Thank you It was the it was the um I want to say spring of 2012 yeah
0: Gotcha Yep so you got up here and, you know, what, what kind of, after you kind of, that kind of went, I guess you said you got injured, right? What, yeah. So did, was that, at that point, where you was like, all right, I'm just going to hang it up after the, after the injury? Or was it just like, you didn't so, feel like going through the process?
1: So I, um, I, I, I tore um, a bunch of ligaments in my knee and mm-hmm. then um, off of a cut block. And um, mm-hmm. ultimately, I fractured the tip of my tibia. So I had to end up getting um, a screw right, and a rod. Mm-hmm. But I had already had a screw from from an injury that I got in high school. And it kind of like made that situation a little worse. So when I went home or whatnot, I went to Dr. Um, was Lee Mack in Tuscaloosa? Or, yeah, Dr. Lee Mack, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, after I, you know, did all of that uh, with them, I decided that, you know, I really want to play no more. Mm. So uh, at the time, I met a girl, typical, here in Baltimore. And, um, you know, we did whatever. And um, I had my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And I had my daughter. And that that ultimately led me to come back to stay.
2: Always, always does. does. (laughs) That's how I got here,
0: too.
1: (laughs) So I came back, man. I had to come back and be be, 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 be a father. Gotcha. But
0: before we get into, like, your time here in in Baltimore, like, what, who, who were those key, like, individuals in your life growing up that really, besides your friends that, like, really kept your, your head on straight? I know you you mentioned, like, your aunt, you said your auntie, your grandfather, mom, was there anybody else, or were those, like, the key? So,
1: those, those people right there are are ultimately great influences in my life, Mm -hmm. but, the key person would be my uncle. Um, I had an uncle named James Ball, and he, man, he clocked out on me, and and that kind of like it tore me out. It tore me apart uh, because before he passed, me and him was out in the woods. Um, we was out in the woods or whatnot. We were cutting some firewood, and while we was cutting firewood, he was like, "Hey, man, I got this." You know, he thought he had gas in his back. Ultimately, like. A hour or two later, he went home and had a massive heart attack. And the way that happened, you know, this man, like, pretty much taught me everything I knew. He, uh, hold on, I said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he taught me everything I knew. And, um, he taught me everything I knew. And he, he was the, the major influence in my life that, 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 that gave me that, that passion to just be a good person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he taught me how to work on cars. He taught me how to hunt, how to fish, how to track, how to shoot. You know, he bought me my first shotgun. You know, uh, everywhere like I used to be sitting on my porch early in the morning, like five o'clock, to see what he up. All I had to do was just hear his dogs, because every time he wake up, the dog get up. So yeah. it was just you just as a country thing. You feel me? And you know, you know, soon as the the the, the, the rooster crow, I'm shooting down to his house because um i knew that you know it was gonna be some type of adventure and that was just the type of person he was every day was just an adventure with him Mm. so he was the major uh key player in my life you know that allowed me the opportunity to understand what it meant to be a strong black man
0: Mm.
1: yeah i mean all the other black men in my life were good too now my, my uncles uh, you know, they were more on the discipline side. My my grandfather, he was just, he was like more of a workaholic, but my mm-hmm. uncle, he was, he was just, he was always available. He was always around and he was, he was a lumberjack, you know, by trade. Mm-hmm. And so he could be working in the, in the community, cutting logs or whatnot, or, you know, whatever, but no matter where he was, he wasn't where I couldn't find him or, or he like even as a kid would always use me to help them do everything you know mm-hmm. yeah
2: you you talked about you know you, you suffered a, a major injury man i mean I, I fortunately uh never had anything with my knees more so the hamstrings and and other things um and i decided just to do away with it but you know in in higher education research they talk about you know athletes um that that play on that level past high school Uh, in 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 the loss of the sport being almost like losing a loved one, and I know for me, I stopped playing my second year, about starting my third year of college. Um, but I was able to immerse myself in that other part of the school that we don't know about. You know, as athletes, because we always working out, I was able to get into the SGA and all of that other kind of stuff. But you were able to go further. You know, how did you take? uh losing the sport you love and playing it on that level how did you get past that?
1: I mean honestly uh i I can truly say that I never really got past it you know uh I love football um I can ultimately say that it it, it saved my life in a way where it got me away from the country and the country mindset which is not. Necessarily a bad thing, but if you look at the totality of how country people live, or if you look at the totality of the the mindset of a of a country person versus versus a person that has tapped into the like the marketplace or whatnot, it's a it's a big difference. So when you when you when when you think about it, I I, I kind of never got past it, but I did lose the love for the game because I wasn't able to play anymore. So what I mean by that is like, I don't even uh, care to even watch football anymore now because I'm more interested in fulfilling the next thing or the next best, next best thing. And I was always taught this, the enemy to your success is the last thing that you were successful in. The greatest enemy to a person's success is the last thing that they were successful in. So by saying that, I mean that, if you reach a certain level of success in something and you continue to praise that success that you reach that level of life, don't stop at that level of success. There is more. And if you stuck on what you did versus look, looking forward to what you could be doing, then you'll never reach a new level of success. If that makes sense.
2: Stuck in the glory days, almost. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Yeah, that's that's real, man. Um, So tell us where does Christopher Oliver become Jolly B the trainer? And and (laughs) what is the difference? Who is who? I mean, cause I I looked at your IG for a couple of seconds and even the, uh, the Royal farms, uh, smack thing (laughs) had me going, had me cracking up. So who, who is Christopher Oliver versus Jolly B the trainer? And where does Jolly B the trainer come from?
1: So, my nickname, Jolly. My nickname been Jolly my whole life. Uh there's That just... Uh, one day, I was sitting in class or whatnot, and my friend, Jarrett Spencer, asked me, like, bro, why you so happy all the time? And then from that point on, I guarantee you, man, they, they just started calling me all kind of crazy names, but Jolly stuck. So, you know, don't ask me where the B come from. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm Jolly B the trainer. And it just kind of always been there. But, uh Chris, you know, he's that he's that country boy he's 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 the one that 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 had the the majority of the experiences and who jolly be the trainer became i mean uh uh became was that hurt version of chris that went through some hard times that i decided i don't want to be in this situation anymore so i want to reinvent myself Hmm. so Jolly B, he came, Jolly B, the trainer, came from a certain level of passion uh, uh, that I grew inside of myself that ultimately came from a situation where I had to basically reinvent myself. I mean, I was in a situation where I was a, um, I became an educator. When I moved back, I started teaching at a school called Silver Oak Academy out in um, Keymore, Maryland. And it's a, like a level one detention, all boys uh, private school. And uh, I moved up in the company so fast, uh, based off of my level of experience, um, you know, having a teacher uh, education, and then having the background as being like, I guess you could say, a leader. um, I kind of took on a a major role in that company within like the first like two years. So I became a um, a, assistant um, program director, and. I met the love of my life while I was doing that. Or at that time, I thought was the love of my life. (laughs) Because, look, because before then, before then, man, um, I never, like even in college, I never really had a girlfriend. You -hmm. know, I had women, but I didn't have a girlfriend. I was never committed to anything. So, you know, 26, 27 years old, I decided I wanted to finally, like, make, make a commitment with no experience. So it's just like you you get hired on the job and you ain't got no experience in, in that whole love thing, then man, look, that thing can turn out to be something else. And you know, I just, you know, that's exactly what happened. It turned out to be something else. So I was heartbroken. Then man, I lost my job. Like I I didn't I didn't do anything that was uh you know negligent to lose my job and whatnot, but it was a situation where. I had a bunch of brand new staff that that you know that came in, and at those type of jobs, the turnover rate is very very high mm-hmm. due to the the level of accountability that's needed from uh, the employees, and without the proper training, well, you could get the proper training, but if you don't have the hands on experience that come with that type of job, mm-hmm. that what they teach you in the classroom could look completely different than what you see actually out there in the field. So you know, I was on vacation. I came back from vacation that morning. I went to open up the facility. I had a kid that uh that was, you know, basically trying to, you know, hurt a, um, calls home to another student. And he had the student hemmed up. Lo and behold, I walk on the unit. I got people I'd never seen before, brand new staff. And they it was one of those situations where they got shell shocked. And I had to really like step in. And I was in a situation where I was damned if I do, and I or either I was damned if I didn't. So mm-hmm. I had to do something I took the choice of, you know, uh, de-arming the kid, getting them off the unit or whatnot. And because it wasn't quote unquote per se protocol, p- protocol where you use two people, hands in a certain place, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was deemed as uh, unsafe. And ultimately it wasn't the job that let me go. It was the, um, the CPS people. They decided that, you know, they didn't want me to uh, work there at the facility anymore. Um, and that's when I realized everything that I had went through in that situation was only preparing me for the next level. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, man, like if anybody watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, let me tell you something, man. Look, you ain't your situation. You ain't your circumstance. Everything mm-hmm. that goes through or go- everything that happens in our life, it happens for a specific educational purpose Mm. to help tie you to your purpose that god always supplies everything you need for and i Mm. put it to you like that and just say i lost my girl i lost my Mm. job you know ultimately the situation behind me and my girl i lost my home uh and man i was just out down, out, and you know, I was experiencing things that I've never experienced before. A certain level of anxiety. I was having anxiety attacks and stuff like that. I've never experienced these things before. No family here. It's just me. And you know, uh, I'm gonna say this on the road, on this journey. I would say is where I really. I'm gonna say I ain't gonna say I found God because a lot of people say they find God in these situations, but God actually found me mm. and you know uh it, it just it rewrote the story of my life and my, now my life is going in a completely different direction you know absolutely
0: okay so, oh, now i'm saying i i I applaud, I applaud you just kind of for you know just kind of acknowledging that just kind of realizing that that you know sometimes like everything that happens it does happen for a reason and we just got to make sure that well every you know every loss is not a loss it's a lesson Yeah, for Um, sure, it's
1: educational. I I tell everybody all the time, it's an educational experience. Yeah. What did you learn from that experience?
0: Absolutely. That's. I think that's the that's the key thing right there. What did you learn, and how is it going to help you grow into your next, um, and just kind of push you to your next? So I know you mentioned that. I know you mentioned that as far as like it kind of helped push you to your next. What was your next after like going through those that situation?
1: So the next thing I did um, after going through that situation was, uh, like I said, God found me um, on that journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And once he
1: found me, he He needed me to go into this incubation period where that I could actually become the strength to my own life mm-hmm. and learn about myself. And it required me to separate from a lot of things. It required me to separate from a lot of people. It required me to harness myself and put myself on a certain level of disciplines, and and on these certain level of disciplines, one that really, that really, really, really took me to the next level was the understanding of the manual. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by the understanding of the manual is, uh, I finally opened up the Bible in a way. In which I could read it for myself and study it for myself. And then I realized on this journey that the Bible was was was, was nothing like what I had been taught uh, mm. my whole life. Uh, I actually read the Bible, the Quran, and the scripts. I read, I read everything. I even to this day, I still read about two books a week. So mm. so once I started getting that education and started to understand then a lot of things that i didn't understand i started to understand and then i understood that it wasn't for everybody to understand because it's given to you to understand the knowledge to the secrets to the kingdom of god and once i started to understand those things then the weight of the words came off my shoulders Mm. yeah
2: Yeah, i i was uh going a little bit in the lanes of what d was saying that you know this this show we we meet so many brothers man from so many places with so many similar stories um so many times in our lives and and it always makes me reflect and think of those hard seasons and the seasons that are still hard. um and just you know shout out to you for surviving you know the system that you were in in that in that place You know, as soon as you started telling your story, I immediately knew what was going on because I've seen it and I've been around it, you know. So I I definitely understand from a firsthand experience, and you survived. You didn't allow that system to crumble you. So, you know, if no one told you, you know, I I appreciate and applaud you for being that
1: survivor. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, man. But the thing is, it's what I tell people, man. So everything in life, like you said, is a season. But just because you come out of that season, that, you know, that rough season and you go into a new season, it is the preparation for the next season that matters. And that was the biggest lesson that I've learned um out of all the things that I've been through was ultimately always keep in mind uh, that the next season It's still coming and it's supposed to not be easier. It's supposed to just be a little bit more, uh, it's supposed to be just a little bit more uh, bearable. I'll put it like that. It's just a little bit more bearable. Like I tell people in the summertime, we know that it's hot, but we're not gonna throw away our winter clothes because it's summer. What we do, what we learn to do as adults, we learn that actually winter clothes are cheaper in the summer. So you have to prepare for the winter in the summer. And like I said, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you're going through a season right now, okay. If it's a good season, you need to be preparing for the for the for the worst, but expect the best. If it's a, if, if it's a bad season, you need to be preparing for the best and always hope for the best because at the end of the day this thing is so interchangeable it thing that life is so it has so many ups and downs that all it takes honestly is just a little preparation and a little faith then you know anything is possible anything
0: absolutely absolutely so definitely 100 agree with you that you know we just got to make sure that we prepare for any and everything and right. as we learn as we learn that you know we also are, we're learning to be a better version of ourselves not only for our now but for our next uh, and i think that's a very pivotal point that we need to make sure that we highlight especially for us as african-american men you know because many often oftentimes we don't like to share like those struggle seasons those times where we're going down because of the pride and the you know just kind of being you know i can handle this by myself when in actuality you know there pe- there are people put in your corner to help alleviate some of the stress that you have uh, but right. you just got to reach out to them you just got to make sure that you land on your support system so i definitely appreciate all that you have you know in and in, in, uh instilled in us and gave us today um with it with your message and your story because it's a, definitely a powerful story and one that uh, definitely needs to be heard um in reference to you know how you got to where you are right now right
2: and so tell us you know and and leave the people with with this information um what are you what are you doing uh you know currently the ventures that you got going on currently how they can find you um you know just just what you got going on and going forward um and we're, and we're definitely gonna get to the sweatshirt uh don't <laughs> don't, don't don't think <laughs> you are gonna get past that part but right. Uh, yeah so, um, Basically let us know. right
1: now um I'm actually working on um, franchising. So um, I have, like I say, I have a studio gym, but I currently um, just invested into a 32,000 square feet um, uh, space uh, that we're actually about to bring to the Baltimore area, which is a total wellness center. That's um, Mm -hmm. a gym and it has um, an integrated health system that's going to be immersed on the inside something like a cafeteria um, on the inside. We're gonna have like some meditation rooms. Uh, we're gonna have some uh, some classes, some massages, spa type situations. So basically, you know, I'm building a tier five gym right now that's integrated with a uh, with an integrative uh, health system. And I'm planning on you know launching the first one this year in October, and we're gonna be you know stringing them along up and down the East Coast. Um, you know, that's our first goal um, for the first six years, um, is to just franchise um, in that area. Um, uh, in October, I think when I'm going to release the book, I got a book called uh, Post Workout uh, Understanding Your Purpose Through the Power of Self Reflection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, that book is pretty much basically my story all summed up, um, in one, and also it's uh, informational to help others. That are maybe going through some of the same things to overcome those things because I, I feel like once you made it to the other side of a situation, then you become significant. Mm-hmm. And when you hold on to your significance in life, you 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 basically are living selfishly, purpose, purposeful. And if you are living selfishly, purposeful, that means that. You're missing out on the opportunity to help somebody that needs that information that you have ultimately did the work or put in the work for to obtain to help them ultimately get to the other side, just like you. And I think it's our due diligence as brothers, you know, to make sure that we touch as many lives as possible while we living, Mm -hmm. you know, while we while while we while we are in this time because that's when i found out the due diligence of god being a generational god your purpose in life is not for you your purpose is in fact for other people and your purpose is mm-hmm. not only for other people it's for the people that's for the people that exist in this generation and if i if you think about all of the people that came here and found their significance what if they held on to their significance would we be able to evolve as human and do some of the things that we're doing um now. You know, if Steven, I just say Stephen Jobs or somebody like that, if he held on to his significance, will we be able to have all these Apple products? You know, you mm-hmm. gotta understand that your significance is for your generation. And, and if you go through something in life I and mean, you don't grow past those situations and 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 you need that, you need those directions that guidance from people that already did it. it's our due diligence to help other people do that
0: absolutely absolutely i think that that the, the book is going to be powerful um and i think it's going to definitely impact you know many lives just kind of sharing your story you know like right. just mentioned before you know and, and the, the whole the the, the wellness and i like that um i i don't i don't really you know i don't really think That we had? Do we have anything like that in our area? Not to Um, to my knowledge,
1: we we don't have anything like that in this area. The closest thing to it would be a lifetime, but we're 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 completely different from that concept because our concept has an integrative health system where people come into the gym and they have a full time dietitian. They have a Mm -hmm. full time. uh, I think we're gonna have chirotherapy. We're gonna have some IV therapy. We're gonna have some gut health therapy. Um, to help people, um, you know, lose the bloke, because a lot of people are suffering from, um, you know, bloke disorders from stress and, and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, we're just gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna take it to another level uh, when it comes to health and fitness. And you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's pretty much what I've, dis- that I've discovered while I was born. And there's a worthy idea that you know I, I'm pursuing, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's bigger than myself, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know that's what that's what we aim to do, you know, um, in that light. That's definitely yeah.
2: dope. And and do you have an idea? I mean, is it is it too too soon or too well? You said October, so I mean, are, are we jumping the gun and asking what you know part of town it might be in, or or uh, we, so we got to stay yeah. tuned, or?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can stay tuned, but um, we 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 selected a location in the woodland area. We wanna serve this community um, because of of the potential um, of the community. Over here, man, in the woodland area, you know, it's basically a food desert. Mm. And a lot of people are forced to eat um, a certain type of way. And a lot of people over here, where the community is actually growing because, you know, we got several like um, housing, um, places are being built in the area. Mm-hmm. A lot of like apartment air, um co- apartment complexes and stuff like that. So what we just we decided was we was going to start our first one here in the Woodland area on Rolling Road.
0: Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So definitely definitely looking forward to that and you know looking for more information about that um you know and then you know whenever you decide to release the book. I know you said I think it's maybe this fall, right? <laughs>
1: I, I think I'm a, um I'm gonna kind of do like a, a grand opening slash book release type situation because I, I finished the book last year actually I finished it last year, mm. um got it published and I got it uh copyrighted but I just haven't re- haven't released it to the public because basically the story is a continuation, and mm. you know like I say, even though I've overcome some things, it's some things that I'm still overcoming, but I've found a I found out the power um, that I possess, and um, I'm basically—I guess you could say—I'm I'm using myself as the the placebo. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm using myself as the as the as the as the as the person that says, "Hey, I got this vision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't know how we're gonna make it happen, but we're gonna make it happen. Stay tuned." Yeah. And it's kind of just happening. Um, I actually fly out to Alabama. Um, to meet with this the company that we're integrating with, mm-hmm. I fly out to meet with them on the 22nd and they kind of just reached out to me out of the blue. so like I said, you know you know I didn't find God God kind of found me and mm-hmm. I understood that you know your elevation is where you kind of meet God at you, that's where you meet them at you know mm-hmm. you meet them you meet him you meet him in the journey, you know. And if you don't take the journey, then you avoid that 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 initial uh, meet where you learn that everything that you want to do in life, everything that you try to do in life, everything you need to do that you already possess it mm-hmm. right here in the mind. And my definition of success that I think could possibly be universal um, to all things in life. This I think that, you know, everybody do have their own version of what success is to them. Mm -hmm. But I think universally, success is the potential destiny of a created thing. I think that success is the potential destiny of a created thing. Mm -hmm. When a thing finds its significance and it reaches its destination, then that thing is successful. And I think that if we look at life like i just say like a fedex package Mm -hmm. once you i mean i'm gonna say this look at life like a product you know you manufacture this product right you test this product Mm -hmm. you 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 do some reviews on the product once the product is created and it reaches its destination once it goes from the manufacturer to your front door and it make it that thing is a success Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just really feel like success is the potential destiny of all created things. You know, when a tree reaches its full of ability to grow until it can't grow no more, it's a success. You mm-hmm. know, and people, you know, we are all, in my eyes, successful already. And once you came from your mother to earth, you mm-hmm. was already a success you know i just really feel that that we we all are successful we just have to kind of find out why the manufacturer created us and once you realize why he created us then i don't think that you become successful mm-hmm. i think you become useful
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and resourceful you know I, i'm going to say this if you look at it, if you look at it like this if you cut an apple open in half, what's inside of an apple? The seed. Or seeds. <laughs> the, what's inside of the seed?
0: Uh, the the beginning of something new and exciting. But it has More be- apples? Yeah. More trees
1: with more seeds, with more apples, with more seeds and more trees. And if we all looked at our life that way, and we all looked at life in that manner, and which we all come from a seed, then we'll realize that no matter what we go through in life, you are here. Mm-hmm. You're here, and that makes you a success.
0: Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Man, we, we want to thank you for just kind of sharing your look sharing your life story, and just kind of you know, the, the little nuggets of wisdom that you've been imparting, not only for us, but for those who are here this um hear this and listen to this episode listen to this podcast so once again thank you thank you for taking time out of your schedule i I know you got i know you have a busy schedule uh (laughs) so we definitely want to appreciate you for taking time out of your schedule and then you know and just consenting to do this interview um for us and ej i know you had a you had had a party (laughs) question
2: so so they can't see but you got the stop the meat uh sweatshirt is this is this jolly b uh stop the meat
1: watching is this jolly b apparel what what is this about nah it's one of it's one of my trainers that um that work at the gym um is is his apparel so you know um i support all the people that work there and you know he he showed me and i felt just like you felt so I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> interesting so you know it kind of you know yeah you know being in the gym all the time it's like uh, why not give me that right. so he gave to me he gifted to me and um man, i'm very appreciative of the guys that work there and make everything you know flow the way it do
2: right, yeah you had to get information or hopefully you post it on the page or something man because i'm right. gonna have to get one of those <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And definitely we want to we we're gonna, definitely going to post the information about the gym um that you that you you know you currently do that you currently do your training out of and um and just continue to promote your you know whatever that you have going on. So definitely, you know, when you're releasing the information feel for, you know reach back out, you know, we want to be there and support.
1: Yeah, we um, got a, a fitness I'm doing Baltimore's first uh Urban Fitness Expo. Um, okay. Mainly for our community April the 16th. Um, at 10 a.m. Um, on 1100 East Fayette Street at the Under Armour um, building, the Carmelo Center. Okay. So it'll be the first uh, urban fitness expo um, in this area. So it's just something new. We're just going to bring a little culture um, and surround it. We're going to bring our culture and surround it with a positive message um, about health and fitness, allowing people to get free testing, you know, giving people access to trainers from all around the DMV. Uh, we even got a couple of uh, people that are coming from like Kentucky and other places and stuff like that that's coming out to speak about, you know, the importance of, you know, taking care of the body and taking care of yourself, you know, as we, you know, fight these agents um, that are plaguing our community.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, man, thank Definitely. Thank you. We'll definitely make sure we promote that um information I think that's going to be powerful in itself um just kind of promoting a healthy living for our community because we know we we know we need it you know we yeah. with all the all the all the fast food joints that we have surrounding yeah. <laughs> you know it's easy to kind of fall into you know eating bad so we want to make sure that we can continue, continue to promote health and wellness so man once again thank you Chris for you know coming and joining us today we want to <laughs> you know just just let let you know that we appreciate you um and you know thank you for joining us on this podcast ej you got anything you good
2: no nah, man De- definitely inspirational and and you know i always take away something from everyone we talk to so tonight is no different so definitely appreciative man for sure
0: Absolutely. So, once again, thank you all for joining us for Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share this, um, follow us on all social media outlets. You know, let's make sure that we continue to promote this um, message of positivity for African American men so that we can continue to walk in our purpose, walk in our own definition of success, and making sure that we are continuing to operate in the way that we should in this world. So once again, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Peace.